Hallelujah. How has it been? Amazing. All right. I got that. Another word to describe it. To describe the session. Amazing. What other word can we use? Adjectives. Enlightening. What other word? Powerful. What other word? Revelation. Everything is just coming from this side. What's happening to the people on this side? What word can we confront? Confrontational. Delivering. We bless God for what God is doing. Indeed, God is calling out a generation in our day and in our time. Uh, I mean, quite. I mean, it's it's really, really, really been enlightening. I must say, uh, just listening to the panel, uh, you know, and their positions and their responses to the questions that we are asked. I mean, so much. I I was just sitting down there and just uh, smiling to myself, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. These are finishes. Please, can we once again put our hands together for them? You know, and, and I like um, what they all said about waiting season. You know, I mean, that was so, 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 so powerful and packed. You know, waiting season. And the summary of it is that waiting season is not a passive season, right? It's not a passive season. Because when you say wait, wait, you know, by its literal meaning presupposes passivity. So it's like you're just waiting or hanging around or just not doing much, you know. But in our context, waiting on the Lord is not passivity. So when you say you're waiting, you're not being passive. You're actually engaging with something. That's why that those who wait upon the Lord shall do what? Shall renew their strength. You don't get your strength renewed by being just, you know, passive and not doing anything. So the waiting in itself has, you know, strategic engagement. So there are certain things that you're doing, you know, that are then renewing your strength, you know, and that's what was described, you know, when they were talking about waiting. So when I wait, I'm engaging, I'm about my father's business, I'm about what the assignment that he has for me in this phase of my life, because marriage is a different phase. When you're single, that is a phase and that all by itself is a ministry. Alright? There's a ministry there. And so by the time you then get married, it's a different phase of ministry. And so for those people who think waiting as a single person or waiting to be married before you start taking God very seriously, you are missing out on the assignment that God has for you. The assignment that you can only carry out as a single person. Because there are certain assignments that we have that we can only carry out as single people. The moment you're married, the dynamics will change. The dynamics will change. And so it's very, very important for singles to always, you know, try to maximize that season of their lives. Maximize that season of your life. Because the moment you become married, it's a new phase. The dynamics will change. And the ministry and the assignment that you have as a married person is different from the assignment that God gives you as a single person. Very, very important. And that is why it's very, very important for people, particularly those of us who are in ministry, you need to know that, okay, this is a way you do ministry when you're single. The moment you're married, you can't neglect your home. 
You can't always give your wife excuses. I'm traveling here, I'm traveling here, I'm traveling here, I'm traveling here. No. You have to pay attention to the home. You have to pay attention to the home. And that's why you see places where, even amongst ministers, you know, where okay, the man will be in one town, the woman will be in another town. It's just a matter of time before you know certain things start, you know. It's like your living room for the enemy. You know, and I'm saying this to just let us know that, see, once you're married, the dynamics change. You know, so while you're single, there are things you can do for God. And there are things that God, you know, has designed you to do for him. And so your waiting season is not passivity. You know, it's not passivity. So you have to make the most of it. Because the moment you transition into, uh, you know, marriage, the dynamics will change. And so that uh, is, you know, one important point I just want to which rate. Uh, Esther said something during the panel session. You know, she said, what are we building on? And she was making reference to standard. What are we building on? That stood out very strongly. And it's one question I still want us to, you know, have at the back of our minds. What are you building on? What are you building on? The, the, the follow-up question to that is, who defines your standards? Who defines your standards? So I want us to have these two questions at the back of our minds this evening. What are you building on? What you're building? What are you building on? And then who defines your standards for you? Like we all know, back in Genesis, our original design was in the image and in the likeness of God, right? So in other words, we were originally made meeting the standard and the the, the nature and the design of the father were in his image and in his likeness. And of course, eventually, you know what happened. Sin was introduced by reason of disobedience. You know, and the man fell. We fell from that glory, fell from that design, and project humanity was distorted. But we thank God, he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus. Prior to the coming of Jesus, God was just managing the situation. So we'll tell them, go grab animals and cut and shed the blood. And from there, I'll just be able to have a temporary, just look away from the sin, sin nature. But because that was not supposed to be permanent, Jesus Christ came. And so when he came, he then paved the way for us to be restored to the original design that we lost in the garden. And that is why I tell people that salvation is just the first step in series of processes or series of steps. So after giving your life to Christ, you come into, you know, you start a journey of recovering what was lost in the garden. And that's why we say that salvation is a process. We are saved. We are being saved and we shall be saved. And that's why the Bible says that those who endure to the end shall be what? Shall be saved. It's not those who started the process. It is actually enduring to the end. And that this scripture just negates forever saved gospel. Because there are some people who are really being deceived and on their way to hell because they feel that that initial salvation is the beginning and the end of the salvation process. It's not. You have to endure to the end to be saved. There's, there's eternal salvation. There is a salvation that, you know, closes this whole process. You know, so it's about continuing in the journey. So we are saved. That's the initial experience. We are being saved. 
That is the process of restoration. And then we shall be saved. That is the ultimate salvation. That when Jesus comes, you know, then we'll go with him. That's the ultimate salvation. And so the process of being saved, which is the process that we are on right now, is a process of recovering that which was lost in the garden. You know, and it's something to take very, 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 very seriously. And I want to say quickly that in every season, in every season, God clarifies our design to us. He clarifies expected standard of righteousness in every season. In every season. The way God is dealing with us, even though the word of God has been written, the word of God is perfect, the word of God is sure, it's still the same word that we are interacting with, but, the, but we are on a journey. Alright? Every one of us, we are on a journey. And the proof of the validity of that journey is the transformation that your life keeps recording per time. So, in other words, if you're not seeing yourself becoming better, you're not on a valid process. And so, what we say here at TF Church is that if you look at your life and you take stock every quarter of your life, you should be able to see the grounds you have covered. Alright? And so, in every generation and in every season, God clarifies the standards. And that's why we say that the level of righteousness that you exhibited yesterday is not sufficient for today. Because as God moves, alright, he expects us to what? To move. Hallelujah. And so, in our day today, God is further clarifying the standard for us. Alright? He's clarifying the standard for us. And to do that, that's why he's raising a new generation. And this new generation that is raising are the called out ones. Hallelujah. They are the called out ones. God is raising a new generation of believers. God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. I remember when God started having this conversation with me, this was uh, like 2001, 2002, about a new generation was raising. And, and I think I put, okay, that was when I started writing my book, Imagine Remnants. A friend of mine saw it and got to that part and he said, okay, Fred, you said God is raising a new generation. How is it going to be? Is it going to be a whole new chronological generation? How is it going to be? I said, no. It's not going to wipe out the existing generation and just, no. It's actually from the existing generation that God will do what? He will call this new generation out. And so this new generation that God is calling out, actually they called out once. Because we are still in the midst of this system. Alright? We're being given birth to in the system. And so from this same system that we can say in quotes is rotting, Alright? In this same environment of growing moral decadence, God is calling out a new generation. That's what God is doing. God is calling out a new generation. And when God began to describe for me the, the nature and the character of this new generation, I, I looked around. This was about 20 years now. And I said, God, this prevailing spiritual environment, I don't see it as being fit. To raise this new generation. Because of course we have become complacent even in the church. There are certain subjects that are no longer popular even in the church. Purity is no longer a popular subject even in the church. 
Sadly. We did a series on purity. We are still actually in that environment. And I showed a graph. There was a graph. Alright? It was, it's actually on Google. Just Google purity. You will see it there. Most likely see it if you do it on your laptop or desktop. So I saw a graph. And the graph showed how the usage of the word purity had reduced over time. I didn't put it there. I wasn't actually looking for it. I didn't even know it was there. So in other words, Google is trying to tell us that the usage of the word purity has been what? Reducing over time. And if the usage has been reducing over time, what do you think is happening to the practice? Because it is what we emphasize that we become. The reason the church has become very rich, we're rolling in billions and in millions, you've got bullion vans coming to take offerings and tithe, is because that has become our emphasis. Yes, it's, it's actually about emphasis. It's about emphasis. It's because that is our emphasis. And the reason everything is the way they are right now all around us, the moral decadence, even in the church, is because of our emphasis. And so, in the midst of this environment, because when I say environment, I'm not only referring to the world system. The world system is one. The religious system is another. I don't want to say spiritual system. Alright? So, the world system you know the world system will continue to get darker. Alright? The world will continue to get what? Darker. That's the truth. And that is why you would see that if there were older folks here, there are certain things that have become the norm in your generation that the older generation, if you ever mentioned it when they were teenagers or young adults, they were like, ah! But right now, those things have become what? The norm. What do you think is happening? Moral decadence is what? It's growing. Standards are what? Falling. The things you would hear and your mouth would be like heavy to even say. Right now, they become like what they use in normal conversations. And that is the reality of the world. And it's not going to get better. Unfortunately. The world is going to grow darker and darker. I mean, LGTBQ plus XYZ. I mean, these were things you didn't even know before. But right now, they are adding more to it, adding more to it. So in other words, the world is getting more confused by the day. Who saw the news about Adele? You guys, you guys saw it, right? I mean, she said she went to a concert and, you know, and then she said she's proud to be a woman. They came at her. How can a woman say I'm proud to be a woman? And I mean, they came at her like, and I'm like, oh my goodness, what is this world turning into? So I can't be in this place and say I'm proud to be a man. That's trouble. That's a, they, they have something phobic because phobic now is plenty. It's not, it's not even homo. It's, it's queer phobic or non-binary, all of those craziness. You know, I'm using all these examples to let us know how the standards in the world are falling, right? And how the confusion is growing. How moral decadence is growing. I mean, crazy things. If, and then the church, I'm talking about organized spirituality now. Unfortunately, a lot of those things are beginning to what find their way 
to organize spirituality. And that's why you see some churches now married to, you know, gay and all of that. They accept all of those things, those craziness that are clearly against the scriptures. All right? And then another thing is also that our emphasis are also moving, shifting away from the core, the things that truly, really matter to God. Because the measure of the validity of your salvation process is not in how much money you have. It's actually in the content of your character. It's actually in your becoming like him. Right? That is the validity. That's that you want to measure your process. It's actually in who you are becoming. And Jesus Christ is our standard. You know, and so in the midst of all of these that I have described, in the midst of all of this, what is happening in the world and what is happening even in the church, God is doing what? He's calling out a generation. And God is calling them out. He's calling them out. He's calling them out. And that's what this sermon is about. They called out once. They called out once. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 describes what our being saved ought to produce. That should be Second Corinthians or first. Let me see. Is it first or second? 3.18. Second, right? So it describes the process. Thus, that but... We all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's why I say the validity of your salvation process is actually in who you are becoming. Alright? So, who are we beholding? We are beholding Him. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. So this is the process of restoration back to the original design. And so what is actually most important to God is our restoration back to the original design. It's not about how much money you have in your bank account. It's not about your qualification. I mean, every other thing that we have made the object of our worship today, they are actually means to an end. Not an end in themselves. I'm not saying these things are bad. But I'm saying that they are not the substance. This is a substance. Who we are becoming. And so the process of salvation, being saved, is supposed to get us to be transformed into 
the image of Christ from glory to glory. And so it goes from glory to glory. And that is why the emphasis keep, keeps shifting. All right? And so God keeps upgrading. And that's why I said that the level of glory that you are exhibiting right now in the next season of your life, it will be insufficient. And so you will be required to what? To upgrade. Glory to glory, right? Glory to glory. Glory to glory. So the called out ones in our day, God is calling them out to exhibit a new level of glory. Hallelujah. So they called out ones. God is calling them out to showcase a new level of glory. Lady Kems was speaking and it was like, it's not so much about the people in the world as much as it is about those of us in the church. Alright? Because what God wants to do is to use us to demonstrate his manifold wisdom to the people in the world. And how can we do that if we are not different? How can we do that if we are the same? How can we do that if we speak the same way? How can we do that if we are governed by the same standards? How can we do that if we are governed by the same principles and values? If we do relationships the way they do relationships, how can we, how can we show the manifold wisdom of God? But this is what is happening. They called out once. They have an assignment. And part of the assignment is to show the glory of God. to display the glory of God in the midst of the rottenness of, of the world. They called out ones, won't blend in. That was why when my wife was asking for synonyms of the word different, right? I used the word weird. Weird. I'm not, I'm not afraid of being seen as weird. I mean, some of the words that have been used actually describe me as like fanatics. You're extreme. We got one a couple of days ago during our live session. Ancient, old-time religion. <laughs> Ancient religion. You know, and that's what they want to see. You understand what I'm saying? Old-time religion. Ancient religion. Why? Because that is the height we fell away from. Can you imagine we're not referring to that standard as ancient, as old-time religion? And that is actually, at that level, was a measure of glory. And that was not the end. That is when then, if you want an accountant, they will come to deeper life. They will come to where yes, you to God because they know if you're a believer, you will not steal their money. That's what we are referring to as old-time religion. Today, now, they'll be stealing your money and be speaking in tongues. Honestly, believers will be stealing your money and be speaking in tongues. And so we now refer to that time when the standard was at that level as all-time religious. So you can see we fell. Even within the midst of restoration, we have been falling. Now, people have dealings with believers. The moment you mention God, cancel. Because they know the next thing that will come out of that person's mouth is going to be a lie. People don't even trust when you say God anymore. People don't even trust that anymore. You know, because the standard has really fallen. I didn't plan to enter this dimension. But in the book of Isaiah, when Isaiah was prophesying about Jesus Christ, he was talking about his visage. He said his visage 
In other words, his appearance will be so marred. In other words, distorted that when you see him, you will not recognize him. Some theologians they actually felt that it was like the beating that he was given when he was in the flesh. But the beating he was given was at the back, not his face. Even while he was on the cross, you will know that this is Jesus Christ. So, what that means is that that scripture was not talking about was not talking about his physical form. It was talking about his current form. Distorted Christianity. That when you see him, you will not recognize him. That is why people like Mahatma Gandhi, you know Mahatma Gandhi, would say things like, I like your Christ, but I dislike your Christians. In other words, the values and the principles that Jesus Christ stood for, I respect. But the people who now call themselves Christians, there's nothing to write to them about. So what I'm saying, I'm not saying all of this to make you feel sad, but I'm saying all of this to tell you that it is actually in the midst of these things that God is calling out a new generation. Hallelujah. In the midst of all of this. So that we can have a good appreciation of our assignment. So you can know you can't be like everybody else. So you can know that the best of the world cannot be your standard. Because sometimes some believers, what we use to assuage ourselves is that I am not as bad as this person. And this person they are making reference to is a stark unbeliever. And then you say, okay, because my own, my own issue, no religious person, then I'm safe. No, you're not safe. Christ is your standard. Christ is our standard. And so the called out ones have a responsibility to live differently. And in the context of singles, you have to do relationship differently. Married folks are not here. We have their own session. Particularly for married men. But as singles, you have to do it differently. You have to be whole. That's why I like the panel session. The conversation around wholeness. Emmanuel said, while I'm single, I am working on being whole. That is a measure of wholeness I need to have before I get into marriage. If not, you just carry wahala and go and give that partner. Because as a measure of wholeness, you need to come into before you join yourself with someone else. You carry brokenness plus brokenness is scatter-scatter. Brokenness here, brokenness here. They jam together. is war. But as a measure of wholeness, and what can bring you into that wholeness is God. is the word of God. Marriage will not fix it. If not anything, marriage will expose it further. It won't fix it. So while you're single, I like what he said. said, I'm dedicating my life to building. To building my life. To coming to wholeness before I carry my baggage and go and join with another baggage. And then it becomes baggage raised to power too. And that is why it looks as if a lot of marriages are dysfunctional today. Because there's just too much brokenness. Too much brokenness. And so while you're single, make the most of it. This is a time for you to love God and serve God with reckless abandon. That's why Ecclesiastes, the Solomon said that you should serve the Lord your God in the days of your youth when you are still full of strength and energy because a time will come where you will no longer have pleasure in life. So this is a time 
This is not the time they say YOLO, you only live one. Mm, this is not the time. This is not the time to just live any. No, this is not the time. This is not the time. This is time to live for God. Live for God. And so the called out ones have an assignment. And part of the assignment is to be different. It's to be different. It's to be different. You can't do relationship like everybody. See, where are you picking your standards from? Where are you picking your standards from? You can't pick your standards from the world. The world is rotten. And as a matter of fact, you can't even just even pick your standard from even people around you. You must pick your standard from the heart of God. What is the required standard today? Because the level of righteousness I am working in today, ladies and gentlemen, by tomorrow, a new season does on me, it will no longer be sufficient. You understand what I'm saying? Remember? Glory to what? Glory. So there are measures of glory. There are measures of the one I'm living in right now that seems to be my best. That even people are healing. Oh, good man, nice man, godly man. Ah, before God is like a filthy rag. When tomorrow he shows up again and says, Fred, this is my standard in this new season. I will have to align. I'll then look back like, oh boy, look at what I was healing yesterday. Filthy rag. And then I move on. That's how we become like Christ. That's the process of salvation that will lead us to eventual salvation. You don't stop growing. The level of purity, the level of holiness, the level of righteousness that you're living by today is not what you're going to continue to carry into seasons of your life ahead of you. You have to be ready to step up. And so the called out ones in this season have a responsibility to manifest the standard of the glory of God that God wants to display to the world. And God is calling them out even from our ranks in the church. He's calling them out from our ranks in the church. Like I said to us before now, a lot of the things that are in the world have crept, they've found their way into the church. Where there is not much difference between the unbeliever and even the believers. As they call that one, you can't be like the same person. You can't be like everybody else in your office. Like my wife said, he said, when you move, there's an aura. You understand what I'm saying? They just know that there's something about this person that is different. There will be certain conversations they will be having. You will be dead. They will shut up. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, they are gossiping in your office. The moment it reaches you, that's the end. They called out ones. They won't be like everybody else. They won't be like everybody else. And so that is what God is doing today. That's what God is raising, say, calling us out. And he's showcasing us to the world. Let me make progress because of our time. And so the called out ones are the chosen. Matthew 22 from verse 1 to 14. I won't have time to read it. But verse 14 says, many are called. But what? Few are chosen. Hallelujah. So the called out ones are actually the chosen. That's how we say called out. Not just called. But called out. Many are called. Few are chosen. The called out ones are the few that are chosen. So I want to ask. By this, there's a clarion call that God is Israel. 
Hallelujah. There's a clarion call that God is issuing tonight. And the question is, are you going to join the called out ones? Are you going to enlist to be part of the chosen? Do you want to be part of the few that will uphold the standard of righteousness that is in the heart of God? Not that we are used to. Not the standard that our parents taught us. You understand what I'm saying? And that's why you will see even some of our parents, you know, the way they lived and the way they were, they say, ah, this generation, they don't badger. This generation, you understand what I'm saying? So in other words, some of our parents feel like our generation is, mm-mm, because of what they now see. But I want to say this, that the standard that God is calling us into, the called out ones, is higher than any of the generations that have gone ahead of us. That's never been seen before. Because it's from glory to glory. <laughs> you know, that's why I keep telling you, but you can't be having no good old days. No, in God, you don't have good old days. Because it's from glory to glory. As I tell people, I say, you're a believer, and you're making reference to 10 years, 12, 5 years ago, 10 years ago, that when you used to be Jim Jim. Something is wrong. For us, if you're really part of the called out one, see, your path is like a shining light. Keeps getting brighter and brighter from glory to glory. Keep getting better and better. And for you to be able to achieve that, you have to be strategic about your growth. A religious environment won't give you that. Why you just go and just clap hands and shout hallelujah won't give you that. I mean, where it can be so practical that every three months, every month, you can sit back and do an assessment of your life and you will say, this is how my life has shifted in the last four weeks. That's how deliberate we have to be. And so the call out ones are the chosen. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Let me read this. It's just one. Just to paint that picture of the called out ones. Because I know some of you here are believers. And I know some of you have been saved. Saved even from your mother's womb. Hallelujah. But there is something that God would have us focus on as the called out ones. First Timothy what? Huh? 4.12 This was Paul writing to his son Timothy. And he said, let no one despise your youth. Alright? Young people, youth. Let no one despise your youth. And he said, but be an example to what? To the believers. So that's why I said the called out ones are called out from what? From the called. The ecclesia is a church, right? And it means what? It also actually means the called out ones, right? But these ones that God is choosing out of the called out ones, which is the focus here, they are also from the church. But he's saying, you see, see you, I'm separating you from the lot. I'm separating you from the, I know yes, you're embedded in church, but I'm calling you further. Come closer to me. And I want you to showcase my standard per time to your generation. That's the assignment of the called out ones that we're looking at. In this context. And so they are the ones to be what? The example to the believers. 
So everybody in this room, what God is calling you into is for you to be an example to even other Christians, to other born-again believers. That's the standard. Be example to believers in what? In word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in what? Purity. In other words, for you, the called out ones, you must raise the bar. You must raise the bar in love. Raise the bar in what comes out of your mouth. Raise the bar in how you live your life. How you are in the office. How you are even when nobody's watching. You must raise the bar in your faith towards God. You must raise the bar in the way you love people around you. You must raise the bar in purity. In purity. Raise the bar. Be an example. Be a reference point. Be a pointer. Don't be like the pack. That's what they call that ones. Have responsibility to carry out in this season. And so let me quickly just read this out. So the called out ones are committed to living up the required standard of God in their generation. Hallelujah. They are the exceptions who are not afraid of being different. They are not afraid of being unique. They are not afraid of being weird. They are not afraid of being seen as fools. Because sometimes they will tell you you are not sharp. Just because you are not ready to shift your values. Hey, you are not sharp. Yeah, you are not sharp. And the sharpness here is for you to shift your values, to compromise your values, to get a little extra. The sharpness here is for you to lie a little, to get a little extra. They'll tell you you are not sharp. You are not sharp. So the call out ones are the exceptions who are not afraid of being different. They are not afraid of being unique. They are not afraid of being weird. Called out ones know who they are. They are not confused about their identity. They are not. They are whole. They are not confused about their identity. Called out ones are not pressured to be like everyone else. You can't pressure them to go with the pack. Hallelujah. Because see, they are sufficient in their identity in God. Oh, called, out, called out ones cannot be pressure, peer pressure. They, would, they are the ones that will peer pressure you. You can't peer pressure called out ones. You understand what I'm saying? Because see, they are fully established in their identity in God. They don't feel less and feel little about around people. No. No. Because they find their identity and their sense of self-worth in God. Not in material things. Not in the car they drive. Not the job they work. Not, not the house they live in. Not, not, the, not their bank balance. Those things don't matter to them. The identity they find in God. And so you can't come up because you, have, you drive a bigger car and they will feel small around you. No. Because they know who they, they, know who they are. They are not peer pressured. They can't be peer pressured. That's the called out ones. And that's what God is calling you out into. Called out ones don't pick their standards from trends in their environment. Oh, this what is trending. They don't. They don't pick their standards from trends. But straight from the heart of God. From the word of God. Called out ones are examples to others. All that was uphold God's standard of purity, righteousness, and holiness in their generation. 
Hallelujah. And that's what God is calling you into. Each and every one of us. Can you dare to be different? And God wants to say, see, let me show you what my current standard is. You know, God is saying, look away from what is happening in the world. Look away from what is happening in Babylon and all of those chaos and craziness going on. And he said, even look away from what is popular, what I call popular Christianity. You understand what I'm saying? Because that's what I call popular Christianity. And in popular Christianity, there are certain things in the world that have become acceptable. In popular Christianity. And God is saying, look away from that. Can you just come closer? Let me show you my current standard. That which I want to see displayed in the earth. That's what God is calling you into. And I want to say this, that the grace to meet God's current required standard is available to us. But one thing I love about God is that God will not call us to a life he has not resourced us to live. He won't. He won't say, I am demanding purity at this level and then he would not equip you to meet it. No, that's not God. If God says, this is a level of righteousness I wanted to observe, and keep with in this season. Trust me, it's going to release resources into your life to live that level of righteousness. And so all you need is to believe, is to see it, and then you can become. Hallelujah. Second Peter, as I close, chapter 1 from verse 2 says, He has given us all things that what? That pertain to life and to godliness. So in other words, what you need to live the God-grade life he has made available to you. All you have to do is to see it, appreciate it, lay hold of it, and then you will see it at work in your life. Hallelujah. Let's rise to our feet. And I want us to respond. I want us to respond to God. God is extending this invitation to you. I know for some of you, you've given your life to Christ. But God is saying there is more. God is saying there is more. But I want to say if you are here and you are unsure about your relationship with God or you are doubtful about whether or not you are God and are cool, let's start from there. Let's fix that. Let's fix that. Please, can we just bow our heads and just continue to transact with God? Transact with God. Transact with God. Like I said, the starting point is for us to give our lives to Him. That is the starting point. And so if you're here, you're uncertain. You don't even know where you stand. Or you've not even started the relationship with God in the first place. I want you to commit yourself to him. And the process of salvation is very, very, very simple. The gift of salvation, it's a gift and it is free. It is free not because it was not paid for. It is free because someone else paid for it with his blood. But to you it is free. It is free. And so you're here. You don't have a valid relationship with God. I want to give you that opportunity tonight. Because you can't be a called out one if you don't have that relationship with God. You can't be 
are chosen and to be part of the remnant that God is raising in our day if we don't have a valid relationship with God. And so I want you to say this. Heavenly Father, just say this after me. I come to you today. I accept that I am a sinner. But Father, I know that you sent your son Jesus to die for me on the cross. Today, I believe in my heart and I declare with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. I submit to his rulership and his authority. Father, I ask that you forgive my sin. I come under the redemptive blood of Jesus that was shed for me on the cross. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me and for accepting me into the fold. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And Father, I pray for everyone that said this prayer, that made this commitment, a fresh commitment to journey with you. Father, I know your word says that anyone that comes to you, you will in no wise cast away. I trust, Father, that you've accepted them into the fold, into the kingdom. I ask that you release grace into their lives to keep with this commitment, to continue this journey, and not just to start the journey, but for them to be a part of the chosen, the called out ones in this season, in the name of Jesus. And I want us to pray right now. You're here. You're not certain about where you are presently in your relationship with God. Yes, you've had a relationship with him, but the way things have proceeded since then are not in line with the word of God. I want us to fix that right now. I want us to figure that. Just talk to God. Just talk to him. Be vulnerable to God. And say, God, I look back in my life. I have not been living this life. I know I have not been living the way I ought to live. Father, have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have, have mercy. And pray and ask God for grace. Fresh grace to be released into your life. That will enable you to continue this work. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So I want us to pray right now collectively and just ask God for grace. Like we said, the Bible says that he has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. So let's begin to ask for grace right now to live this life 
and to live out this required standard of God in this season as called out once in the name of Jesus. We will not live less. Oh, we step forward, Father. We step forward. We step forward. Father, we say yes to this clarion call to be part of the chosen. We say yes, oh God, to this clarion call. We say yes, we say yes, we say yes. I like. I would like each and every one of us to just make that commitment tonight. Just say yes to it. Say yes to this call. That is a starting point. Say yes to this call. Father, I know that you are raising a new generation of people. I enlist. I enlist tonight in the name of Jesus. I enlist to be part of the emerging remnant. I enlist to be part of the new breed. I enlist to be part of the new generation of people that you are raising from my generation. I enlist, oh God. I say yes to the call. I say yes to the call. I say yes to the call. In the name of Jesus, Male Kata, Lebro Machele Brom de Kalian de Kata, Machele Brocoto, Male Brom de Kalian de Katala Broscolia, Katala Broscolia, Lekete, La Brocoto, Machele Brom de Kalian de Katala Broscolia, Lekete, Le Broscolia, Katala Brocoto, Machele Brom de Kalian de Katala Broscolia, Lekete, La Broma Candle Brocoto, Machele Brom de Kaliana, Lekete, Le Broscolia, Katala, Le Broma Kalian de Katele Broscoliana, Male Kate, La Broma i submit myself i submit myself i submit myself i join the chosen i join the remnant in the name of jesus in jesus mighty name we have prayed before i'll get my wife to pray on other areas pray for us i just want us to pray for grace now let me read this second peter chapter 1 from verse 2 says grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of god and of jesus our lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Father, let's pray and say, God, I tap into that grace. I tap into that power to escape the corruption that is in the world. In the name of Jesus, I pull down grace. I pull down grace. I pull down grace. I pull down grace to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. In the name of Jesus. All the things that you have made available to us uh, that pertain to life and to godliness. Uh, Father, we pull down into our lives uh, in the name of Jesus. We pull down resources. Uh, we pull down resources into our lives uh, in the name of Jesus. Everything that you have provided 
for her that pertain to life as to godliness. Father, we receive grace to partake of the divine nature. We receive grace to partake of the divine nature. In the name of Jesus, that which was lost in the garden, we reclaim, we reclaim, we reclaim, we reclaim. I am part of that generation that will uphold your standard in the midst of the rottenness, in the midst of moral decadence. Oh, Father, I will become like you. I will manifest your nature. I will manifest your character in the midst of the, of the darkness and of chaos. In the midst of the falling standards, I will uphold your standard. I will uphold your standard. I receive grace to uphold your standard. I receive grace to uphold your standard. I receive grace to uphold your standard. In the name of Jesus. Grace is available. Grace is available. Grace is available. It is not difficult because it is not by might, it is not by power. It is by the Spirit of the Lord. Look away from your strength. Look away from your strength. And look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is able to keep you from stand from falling. He is able to keep you from falling. He is able to keep you from tripping. He is able to help you live this life, this life of, ex- of exception is that grace is here, 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 that grace is here for you to live the God great life. The grace is available, the grace is available, the grace is available. We save it, we save it, we save it. Pull it down, pull it down, pull it down, pull it down. The grace is here. You will begin to find new strength. You will begin to find new strength. There are things you've been struggling with in the past. You will begin to fall off. In the name of Jesus. The habit. Those struggles. You will begin to find new strength. To say no to the things you've been finding difficult to say no to. You will begin to find new strength. Because grace is being released. Grace is being released. Grace is being released. Grace for holy living. Grace for holy conduct. Grace for purity. Grace for righteousness. It's been released. Lust will no longer have power over you. Sin will no longer have power over you. You are rising above them all. You are rising above them all. Because you are part of the called out world. You are part of the chosen. New grace. Fresh grace is being released into your life. In the name of Jesus. And I decline to you and over you. Grace to live out the required standard of God in your generation. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. I declare that you are the exception. You are different. You are no longer afraid to be different. You are no longer afraid to stand alone. You are no longer afraid to be a cast away. Before now, you compromise easily because of peer pressure, but no more. No more. No more compromises due to peer pressure. 
No more compromises just because you want to belong. No more compromises just because you want to feel among. No more compromises just because you want to be accepted. No more compromises just because you want to feel and look cool like everybody else. No more shifting of your values. There's grace to stand strong. There's grace to stand strong. And I declare that you know who you are. Yes. You know who you are. Yes. You know who you are. Yes. You are established in your identity. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You are established in your identity. In the name of Jesus. You are not confused about who you are. So you walk in confidence and boldness in who you are going forward in the name of Jesus. You will no longer pick standards and patterns from the trends around you in the name of Jesus. You will be an example to others in the name of Jesus. You will uphold God's standard of purity, righteousness, and holiness in your generation in the name of Jesus. The same way was written about Noah. God was so saddened that he made man. He regretted he made man. But in the midst of all of that, there was Noah. And the Bible said, but Noah was different. He was blameless. As everything continues to dwindle, as moral decadence continues to grow around us, God will find you the way you found Noah. In the name of Jesus. And because he will find you the way he found Noah, that will bring you favor in the name of Jesus. Because because of the way Noah was, the Bible says he found favor before God. Because he upheld a standard that was not common in his generation. He found favor before God. I declare over you that as you have chosen to be part of the remnant, as you have chosen to be part of the called out ones, as you have chosen to uphold God's standard in this season, as you have chosen and dared to be different, I declare that you will find the favor of God in the name of Jesus. The same way Noah found favor with God, you will find favor with God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I still want us to just um, raise our hands to God. God wants to heal you. He wants to heal you now. He has come with healing in his wings. And he wants to heal us of every broken heart. Yes. Receive your healing now in the name of Jesus. Every disappointment, every pain, every disappointment, every pain, every hurt, every residue of an experience that is still telling you, receive healing now. In the name of Jesus, Amen. everything that is a weight that is not allowing you to run with endurance, the race that is set ahead of you, everything that is not allowing you to move in accordance to the purpose that was written concerning you, in the name of Jesus, receive healing now 
Everything that was not that was not to be, every experience that was not to be, in the name of Jesus, receive healing. Pray over yourself right now and pray over your soul right now in the name of Jesus. Say, I receive my healing. I receive my healing. Healing of my emotions. Every brokenness, every broken experience, every painful experience. In the name of Jesus, I receive my healing now. I will fulfill purpose. I will fulfill my purpose in God. Nothing will wear me down. No weight of pain and disappointment and discouragement will wear me down. I receive healing from every broken heart. In the name of Jesus, every broken experience, whether it was from my family, whether it was from a relationship, every broken experience, in the name of Jesus, I receive healing now. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus. We are fasting now. For you have been called for such a time as this to express the glory and the nature of our King Jesus. And so that is what you will do. Every pain, everything of the past, every pain of the past, every pain of the present, we receive healing now. The Spirit of the Lord is here with healing in His wings. And He wants to go to the core of your being. Right now, He doesn't want you to shield anything. Open up completely. This is, it's, 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 you, you came for this. You came for this. You came for this. Healing is your right. Healing is your right. As a son, as a child of God, healing is your right. Experience healing in your emotions. Experience healing in your soul. God. You have a 
destiny in God. It is growing God. It is stamped and sealed in God. It is stamped by heaven. Lord, experience the thing that what God wants to do in and through you in this generation, in this time. So receive healing. Receive healing. Be washed. Be washed. Be washed. Be washed. In the name of Jesus. The Lord also says he wants to remove fear permanently from your heart. Everyone here that may be fearful of their future, that may be fearful of the choice they will make, the Lord will have us tell you, before you were found in you, before you were found in your danger, he called you out. Before you even knew your name, he had a plan and a purpose for you. And that purpose is good. That purpose is sure. I want you to reach out now and say, God, oh, your plan for me is for not be holding by fear. I reject fear in the name of Jesus. Let me worry. Look at the end of the In the name of Jesus, we cancel that spirit of fear. What the Lord has ordained, let it find its footing and its footing in the earth, in your lungs, in the name of Jesus. Pray for your heart. Pray for your heart now. This heart you will not fear. The Lord has not given you the spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, of power, and a sound mind. He makes you do irrational things. He makes you do irrational things. He makes you Receive revelation of the love of God and receive a sound mind. A sound mind. Say, I have a sound mind. Everything that tells me that I cannot hold the standard of God, you lie. I don't care the struggles I've had in the past. I don't care the mistakes I made in the past. Because he who is in Christ is a new creature. Every single day, there is a new mercy. I experience new mercy. I experience new grace. Today is a new day for me to walk in the grace of the Almighty. Therefore, I fear nothing. I fear nothing. In the name of Jesus. I walk in sound mind. I that he has given us all things that pertain to life of godliness. So there's no reason to be hiding inside. There's no reason to be under a bushel. When God has designed you to stand out. When God has called you outside. For me 
that you see and give glory to your father in heaven yes. in the name of Jesus we release the grace to come out in the name of Jesus the grace to be called out the grace to stop that, that, that causes you to stop hiding let it be released upon you when you no longer hide your virtues when you no longer hide your values when you begin to project the glory and the nature of our father let it be released upon you in double fold in hundred fold because you have been called for such a time as this this is the chosen generation the called out generation receive grace right now receive grace right now receive grace right now to stand out to be called out receive grace right now to stand upon and not go under receive grace right now in the name of Jesus Oh, Father, we thank you for these words. We bless your holy name, God. Because you have put your seal upon them. If you know what that means, your heart will bubble with joy. That the Lord has put his seal upon you. He's able to keep you from falling and stumbling and moving out of line. His eyes are on you. He has marked you for good. There is no turning back. And so as you go out, if you experience resistance, know that you have received grace to break through. Yes. Yes. Grace to break through. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. The Lord wants to release a revelation grace upon us for as many that want to receive it. He wants to give you crisp, pristine, accurate counsel. Here there is no confusion. Let your stomach, let your belly hunger for this now. There is a heavy weight dimension that is upon this house that the Lord wants to release into your spirit man. visions in the night visions in the day the Lord will tell you name place city town 
Zintos dahashka. The ability to know, the ability to identify, and oh zebra. God released something to us at the beginning of the year, and He called it the bee's eye. Zuteli katali brakata ya badahande. The ability to be spot on. Yes. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Oh, Father, we give you praise. Father, thank you for that which you have done. That which you have broken remains broken. That which you have removed is completely removed. It's not coming back. That which you have mended remains mended in the name of Jesus. There are certain struggles that have been removed here tonight. They are not coming back. They are not coming back. As you step out of this place, you're going to begin to experience new strength over certain habits, over certain things you struggled with over time. A renewed strength has been activated on the inside of you. And God would have me give you this scripture. Jude verse 24. Says now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy and God is saying that you're going to stand yes. and you're going to stand out and you're going to stand strong yes. in the name of Jesus and I want to encourage everyone keep building on this keep strengthening that which you have received do not go back to life as normal and as usual if you want to continue to be in charge of the grounds you have covered, you will need to continue to reinforce yourself with the word of God and in his presence. You have been marked. You have been separated to uphold a singular standard in the earth. But you need to reinforce it. But he is able to keep you from stumbling in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you honor. We adore you, Father. Hallelujah.